Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. This is Pentecost. Everything is different. Everything is new. Everything. This is the birth of the church. The wind swirls, a hurricane blows, the stale air is forced out, the dust disappears in an instant. The air is fresh, the light is all around, the Holy Spirit enters our lives and we become a new creation. It turns us around, turns our lives upside down, blows away the stale and the old. Christ enters our lives and we are made new we are made whole this is the birth of the church we are gathered here in this place in this time to be something new to refresh the old to reboot the past to be the church God created us to be to be the new creation this is the Pentecost God is here Christ is here the spirit is here and we are part of it we are the new creation I'm entitling this morning's talk fresh wind and fresh fire you know today is Pentecost Sunday and I've been pastoring for a long time now and I don't think I've ever recognized Pentecost Sunday on Pentecost Sunday I, I don't think I've ever like circled and did a message where I talked about it and I want to talk about it with you guys this morning because I think it's so relevant in the season that we're living in. And so let me give you a little backdrop of this idea of Pentecost. It comes from a Greek word that means 50th. And so the Jewish tradition is they would have Passover and then they would celebrate 50 days later this thing called Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks where they would recognize the time where God met them on the mountain and gave Moses the commandments. The law was created. And so what we recognize in Pentecost is the moment that God came down to earth and touched the earth in such a way that a covenant was formed between him and the people. And so the whole Pentecost Sunday for us as Christians is really the birthday of the church because God used that event in history to also be the day where the Holy Spirit descended from heaven in such a profound and powerful way that the disciples were all shook to their core and changed immediately and instantly. It's crazy. So if you have your Bibles, I want to take you to the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, where we read about this phenomenon, the Pentecost, where the, the church was born. And it, it was such a shift uh, that they were experiencing from going, from being scared, being sheltered in place. Think about this, all right? There was about a little over 100 
that were gathering, waiting for this promise that Jesus had told them about. They didn't know quite what it was, so they were waiting on what was going to happen next. They were scared because their leader was killed. He was resurrected, but he was still killed. And so there was a little nervousness going on, like what's going to happen to us next? They're sheltered in place. They're waiting for what you know, God was going to do next. Does it sound familiar to you? Well, they had all of this unrest around them, Rome, the Jewish leadership, everybody was kind of against Jesus and against his followers. And then in Acts chapter two, as they're sheltered in place, this is what happens. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves as they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. This birth of brand new thing, a shift had taken place. Turn to your neighbor right now, right in your living room and say, there is a shift coming. Just tell him that, declare that to him. See, what we see in this event and what we see throughout the Bible is that beautiful things are often born out of painful experiences. Beautiful things are often birthed out of painful experiences. <laughs> just ask any mom. These disciples had just been through the most painful experience that they've ever experienced. Their leader, their hope, their future was completely done away with. And now all of a sudden, there was something incredible that was born in that. I've experienced that through incredible hardship and grief and, and painful experiences in my life. I have seen God get involved and take that hurt and take that experience and use it to birth something new and beautiful in my life. Let me tell you, somebody that's watching this morning, God will never waste a hurt or an experience in your life. Trust him. If it's painful, chances are there's going to be something beautiful that's going to be birthed out of that pain. Now, let, let's talk about Pentecost for a moment because this is a significant event. It happens on this historical day for the Jews. And it happens in, in such a, a profound way that, that these guys are, are realizing what's happening because the, the prophets in the Old Testament, they talked about this. Ezekiel talked about it. Jeremiah talked about this. Joel, all of these prophets that we've been reading about in our daily readings from our Bible reading cards, they've all been declaring this. In Ezekiel chapter 36, I'm gonna just read one of them to you. This is what Ezekiel saw. He's praying, he's understanding that even though the people of God have turned from God, that in the future, God was gonna do something so new and so radical, it was gonna change everything. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you. So here, Ezekiel, all of these hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus, right? He comes on scene and he says, there's coming a day in the future where no longer are you gonna have to depend on the priest, no longer are you gonna have to depend 
on like getting a hold of God on the mountain, that, that the spirit of God is gonna come and live on the inside of you. And Jeremiah declares this. Joel declares this. Even David had glimpses of this in some of the Psalms that we read about. So there is such a shift in their life that they even start speaking differently. They start speaking in all the dialects of all the different visitors that were in the area. And there's a lot to unpack there. And we'll save that for a separate message, a separate talk about you know, the, the whole tongues and speaking in tongues. We'll, we'll, we'll just put a pin in that. But I wanna focus on these two elements that we see manifest in that room that day with those 100 plus people. We see a wind show up and we see a fire uh, be demonstrated. So you have these two elements, this wind and this fire. And I, I wanna tell you that these two elements are found throughout our Bibles. And those two elements are often connected to the presence of God. So it wasn't that the wind and the fire was this new phenomenon that was connected to the presence of God. I mean, even in the Old Testament, at the very beginning of our Bibles, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it talks about this. It says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now that word, uh, Spirit of God there, is the Hebrew word rock. It's, it's the breath. It's not just the spirit. The spirit of God and the breath of God and the wind of God, these, these are kind of like meanings that, that kind of coincide together. So oftentimes as you read in scripture, the word wind and the word breath, they're interchanged. And so here we see the wind coming in and blowing in the room. And we see all the way from the beginning that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, the Ruach in the New Testament, that same word is pneuma, meaning Spirit of God, or we could even say the breath of God. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he, he breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Not only is the breath and, and the uh, spirit of God interchanged, but you always have the breath and life interconnected. So with the breath of God comes the life of God. And so it is a powerful thing for us to recognize that the wind in the room was an exclamation point that God was in the room and that he was bringing his life-giving spirit to all of those people in the room. I love how Romans 8 verse 2 describes this. It says, And because you belong to him, speaking about Christ, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So here we see the recognition that when the spirit of God comes into you, there is the life-giving spirit that comes into you, which is ultimately from the breath of God, which shows up in the wind in the room. There is a wind blowing in your life, my friends. And God is trying to get your attention. And through that wind is the spirit of God. And he's wanting to breathe some new life into you. So take it, receive it, just like they did this first day of the beginning of the church, the day of Pentecost. And then that's just the wind. And then there's the fire, right? And it appeared like fire. We don't know necessarily if this was really fire. It appeared like fire. 
And maybe it was some phenomenon. They had nothing else to compare it to other than kind of looks like fire. And it just mesmerized them like fire often does, right? It, it, maybe it was God's signal, like I'm doing something. But fire and God, just like the wind and God went together in the Old Testament, the fire and God went together in the Old Testament. Remember the burning bush, the time that Moses gets his attention as he's walking in the wilderness and God says, hey, you. And he looks over and he sees this bush that's on fire, right? And then we see the, the fire uh, guiding the Israelites by night. We see also the fire coming down on Mount Sinai when the law is given. So we see fire and God often connected throughout the Old Testament. So it just makes sense to me that the Spirit of God is coming into the room. It's filling these people up and it's manifesting itself like a fire. I think it's so good to see. Now, before I jump into that, I know I skipped this point and it's, it's really important for you to know. I think... The wind is the breath of God blowing into the church a revival. Just like CPR, the wind represents the revival. Because without the breath of God, without the life of God, we're dead. We're dead in our sin. We're dead in our lifestyles. And it takes the breath of God to revive us. Like somebody that is dead getting CPR. Uh, I just heard a friend of mine gave his dog CPR and it worked. The dog is still alive today. It's an amazing story, Sean. I love that story. So here it is, the fire of God, just like the wind of God represents revival, the fire of God represents renewal. There's a renewal that the fire represents. And let me unpack this idea for you because I, I think it's so important for us to talk about. In Matthew, or let me back up, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29, it says this, since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, I love this, the Passion Translation, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe, for our God is a holy, devouring fire. The New American Standard says our God is a consuming fire. The author of Hebrews is just saying God is a fire. So the fact that these early disciples are sitting in the room and they're being hit with this fire is, is such a word picture of the spirit of God entering into their life in, in a brand new way. That was the game changer. Matthew chapter 3 John the Baptist, he's out there and he's doing his thing. He's baptizing, right? He's baptizing with water. But this is what he declares. He says, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. For he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit with fire. Now, I don't know if you've been touched by God in such a way that you just felt on fire. There was just something inside of you that just, it, 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 you could almost describe it as like a burning sensation, just powerful. Maybe somebody prayed for you before. Maybe you were in a church service. Maybe you were just worshiping in your car and you just could feel this like burning sensation. You could like almost physically feel. I believe this is what the early disciples are feeling. They're being hit so powerfully by the fire of God. Now, let me tell you, there's two elements that I want to point out that fire brings into our life. First one is the power. 
That's the power. There's a, there's a power behind fire. I'll never forget, I was in third grade and at the end of my street, it's a weird phenomenon, there was an old house and it was an abandoned house. I think it was actually probably a safety hazard. So uh, the fire department, I guess, did a contract and, and they used that house as a training uh, moment for all of their new cadets. And so they, they burned this house down and they had firefighters going in there and practicing their drills or whatever. But I remember this so vividly because all of my neighbors, all of the kids on the block, we all gathered around at a safe distance and watched this fire go. And it was just the first time as a, as a young boy that I realized like how powerful fire really was. Now we live in the Conejo Valley and we know the power of fires because we've been devastated by fires it seems like every fire season for the last five years. We know that, that fire is very powerful and it can be very destructive and you shouldn't ever take it lightly. But I think in the same capacity, God's fire is powerful. Listen to what scripture talks about, about the spirit of God. Luke 24 verse 49. And now... I will send the Holy Spirit just as the Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So here we have the Spirit of God connected with power. Acts 4, verse 33. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures today. I hope you're writing these down. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. With great power, the apostles were moving. And then last scripture, Paul writes this letter to the Corinthian church. First Corinthians chapter two, he says, and my message and my preaching was very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. So Paul is declaring like, I, I'm not gonna come to you with just intellect. And I know Paul had a lot of intellect as you kind of read his uh, certifications. But he said, intellect is nothing compared to actually moving in the power of God. It, it trumps intellect to the nth degree. So I might as well just skip all that and just go to the, the power source, which is the spirit of God moving through me and demonstrating through me. So, so there you have the power. So when the fire of God, how do you know the fire of God is active in your soul? Because there are powerful things coming from your life. There are powerful things happening to your life. The way you describe your experiences is powerful. That's how you know the fire of God is really hitting you and, and, and helping you in, in your pursuit of God. Here's the second part. The second element is not just the power, but the purity. There's an element of fire that actually helps purify impure things. And this is a big part of having a relationship with God because we know the Bible says that it's sin that separates us from God. So when the spirit of God comes into our life, there is a purification that is taking place so that the sin can be burned off us and so that we can have that much more of a dynamic relationship with the creator that put us here to begin with. Listen to what Malachi, or as some of you pronounce Malachi, Malachi chapter three, verse two, I was just kidding. Um, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? 
For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap, which removes impurities and uncleanness. He's like a refiner's fire. I remember when I first started coming to the church, we were singing a lot of songs by the vineyard and uh, there was a song called Refiner's Fire. Uh, It was such a, a good song for me to sing in that stage of development in my faith because that was my one heart's desire was to be holy, to be set apart for God's purpose. Because the more I'm being purified by his fire, the, the more I'm gonna enjoy the presence of his relationship or the, the relationship in his presence in my life. And, and there's, a, there's a big part of our relationship with God that is divinely purifying us and, and taking the impurities that we've maybe allowed in our life or, or maybe we, we brought into our life and we didn't even realize it at the moment. But, but as we look at our life now, we just feel a separation gap between us and God. And, and God has sent his fire into your life to help like a refiner's fire to make you pure, to, to make you holy as he is holy. And holy means to be set apart for a special purpose. God wants us as his church to be set apart for a special purpose. God wants to use us to make a difference. God wants to use us to change this divided, uncertain world so that people will know that he's real and that he loves them and he's up to great things for their future. But see, if we're not allowing the fire of his power and the fire of his purity to have his way in our life, we're anything but powerful. We're, we're anything but pure. I, I call us puny and pointless. That's really what we become. When, when we're losing our power, when we're losing our purity, the church becomes puny and pointless. I read an article this week of a pretty, I don't know, renowned Christian that renounced his faith, says, I don't believe in this. I don't believe in God. And I'm like reading this article and my heart is grieved. I'm like, how could anybody turn their back on God? How, how can anybody like believe in God and then stop believing in God? And then it dawned on me. If people are not walking in the power and the purity of the fire of God, it's gonna be easy to walk away because they're not gonna be experiencing God. They're not gonna be walking in the miracles. They're not gonna be hearing the voice of God. And unfortunately, as I look at the state of the church right now, it's, it's pretty upsetting, to be honest with you, as a pastor. Like, it, it seems in, in some circles that we've let our guards down and we're acting as though God is not even in our lives. The things that we've allowed into our lives, where we go, what we do, the things that we consume, I mean, all of it, media, Honestly, if the fire of God is present in your life, there is going to be things that this world does and things that this world is involved in that you're going to say, thanks, but no thanks. Because I want to walk in the purity of God. And that right there is actually doing the opposite. But see, I see so many that, that claim to be followers of Jesus that are just allowing all of this stuff in. They're not walking in the purity. They're not walking in the power. So when they're not walking in the purity and they're not walking in the power, it's easy to walk away. 
And that's what we see happening with a lot of people. A lot of people that were raised in the church haven't seen mom and dad walk in the power and the purity. And so guess what? Their kids grow up and say, it's pointless to go to church on Sunday. Are you kidding me? I'd rather go to the lake. I'd rather go to the beach. I'd rather go do something else because this is pointless. My friends, I wanna tell you that I've experienced God in my life. This fire that met these people in, in the room that day that, that shifted everything, not just for them, but for the entire world and, for, and really for history, for that matter, has shifted my life. And, and I just, I, I, I plead with you that if, if you are at a place of your life that you feel like things are puny and pointless with your faith, don't walk away. Actually use it to wake you up that maybe there's nothing wrong with the church. Maybe there's something wrong with you. Maybe there's an inventory temperature check that you need to do with your soul and, and really ask yourself, am I allowing the wind, to, the wind of God to impact me? Am I allowing the fire of God to consume me? And when the wind of God and the fire of God are moving actively in your life, I'm telling you that it's gonna be a game changer for everything that you know about because God is still talking, God is still moving and God is still revealing. And it's just a matter of, of how you wanna step into that. I, I can give you example after example, but even this week, let me just give you some of my God stories this week. I, I felt not just a nudge, I felt a push, call this guy. He authored a book recently and, and I'm working on a, a sermon series as I told you about. And I just felt compelled to call this guy. I ended up telling him some of the things that God was doing in my life. And I ended up encouraging him. And he said, Jim, you will never know what this phone call means. This is, this is revolutionary for me. This has is, this is just changed, not just my day, but it's changed my, my, my whole life. But I, I gotta tell you that he changed my life. Like there was, there was a divine appointment that was in that meeting. And I'm so glad. I, I heard God say, reach out to him. Another moment this week, I, I saw this, like uh, Tara and I were ministering to, to somebody in our church that is just going through a lot of health issues and, and we went over her house and, and we were praying with her and in the middle of the conversation, as, I, as, as we're talking, she, she begins to tell Tara something and, and wow, it was just a revelation for Tara and I, and I was like, whoa, I felt it at the moment and afterwards, Tara said, she goes, that was God. I go, I could feel it when she spoke it. Like God was tangible and, and, and it was just all consuming in that moment. Another uh, example, my, my son wanted to go on a hike and it was gonna be early in the morning, wanted to see the sunrise. And I was like, I don't know. And I, you know what? I'll do it, man. I don't have a lot of time with my son. He's getting older now and he's got his friends. He's got college. So I go, man, I wanna hang out with my boy. And so we got up early and we went on a hike and, and uh, the whole purpose was we wanted to get on this hike and be above the clouds. Let me tell you, that I believe that was a divine appointment that God spoke through my son for me to do that because there, that was medicine for me. I, I will tell you, one of the best things that you can do is just completely detach yourself from all the craziness and just get outside, go on a hike, get alone, just be with God, be in the elements around us and you will see the hand of God show up. We had these clouds that were moving over the mountains like a river and the sun was coming out. It, it was like, wow, we were thinking about Romans one where it says that my invisible attributes will be in front of you. Like there's no denying that God is real when you're in environments like that. But all that to tell you, I acknowledge God 
in all kinds of ways throughout my week. And, and I have more than that to share just with this week, but time uh, allows or, or doesn't allow me to share all those examples for you. But there's nothing special about me. I'm just a, a, a man that decided to fully surrender to God and believe that the wind of God and the fire of God wants to change everything about my life and it has and it continues and will always do that. That's all I'm trying to plead with you this morning. As I think about this, this is, this is how I wanna say it. As a church, this whole season has been clarifying for me as the pastor. I, I wanna tell you that. It's been so clarifying that I know why God sent us here to Thousand Oaks. I know it because he wants us to bring to this valley a church that is gonna brag about God. It's gonna brag that God is still doing what he's always done, that he began in Acts chapter two, he's still actively doing right now. And we're not a church that's gonna chase miracles. This is how I say it. We don't chase the miracles. We embrace the wind and the fire of God's presence and the miracles chase us. And that's what we see happening at Atmosphere Church. That's what I see happening in my life. And that is what God wants to see happen in your life. Embrace the wind and the fire of God's presence. And I'm telling you, miracles are going to follow your life. It's so exciting. As you can see, I'm pretty pumped up. But let me end with this scripture here. Titus chapter three, verses five and six. He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our savior. He's poured his spirit out on us generously. You know, there was a word that we had given to us in our church, Marilyn, who's one of my prayer warriors. She told me early in this whole pandemic and us not being able to gather, she said, Pastor Jim, I'm praying that just like we experienced Passover on Passover, that we would experience Pentecost on Pentecost. And when she told me that, I said, I come in agreement with that statement. And out of all the weeks that we could get the directive, not just, I just wanna share this God story, not, we don't, not only got the directive from the president and our governor, we got the directive from the golf course, which is a private you know, venue. And, and they had the right to be able to withhold us and, and not allow us to come. And I honestly, I was positioned to wait and they called me and said, we're ready to welcome you back. And I just acknowledged God on that. Are you kidding me that we're gonna be able to regather on Pentecost Sunday? That prayer that, that Marilyn prayed and that I've been agreeing in prayer, that just as we experience Passover on Passover, we're gonna experience Pentecost on Pentecost. Let me tell you, that doesn't just happen when we gather. That can happen right there in your living room. When you willingly say right now, say, God, I wanna experience Pentecost. I want the wind and the fire of your presence to come over me in such a way that your life-giving spirit would take over, that your power and purity would be a refiner's fire and remove all of the junk that would be preventing me from getting close to you. I've noticed something with the fire of God too, that power and purity kind of go hand in hand. The more power that you walk in, the more pure that you feel 
you need to live in. And the more purity that you have being demonstrated in your life, the more power you see coming from your life. And, and I wanna end with that note because I wanna encourage you, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead because of the Holy Spirit, because of Pentecost, as a follower of Jesus now lives in you. That wind, that fire, my friend, is here to not just change your life, it is here to change the world. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that we can just embrace this day and what it represents, the day of Pentecost, the day that just like you recognized in the original Pentecost, the day where a law was given, Lord, a new law was given from your Holy Spirit, that you wrote the law on our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving birth to the church. Thank you for allowing us to receive your Holy Spirit. And through your spirit, God, I pray today that your life-giving spirit would take over some people that are feeling very lifeless right now. That, Lord, your fire of power and purity would take over some lives that feel very puny and pointless. And that, Lord, you would cause a Pentecost to happen on Pentecost. That there would be a revival and a renewal that would completely change lives, that would completely change our community, that we would once again return to experiencing you in such a powerful and awesome way that there would be no way we could ever walk away from it. And while everybody is praying, if you are ready to become a follower of Jesus, if you're ready to receive the same Holy Spirit that came down in that room with the early disciples, I wanna pray with you. Just pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life today. Thank you for dying for my sin for resurrecting from the grave so that your spirit could come and live inside of me. Fill me with that spirit. Allow me to embrace your wind and your fire to shift my life and allow me to live the life you've always called me to live. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you said yes to that prayer, if you, if you prayed that prayer with me, would you reach out to us? Would you text the Atmos phone and say, I said yes. And all you have to do is text 805-807-9444 and say, I said yes. And we will send you resources. I'll send you a Bible. We're gonna make sure that we equip you with everything you need to live the godly life that God has called you to live. Because let me tell you, as I sign out, and as we get back into worship, your best is yet to come. Come on church, rise up because a new day is upon us as revival and renewal comes to the church on Pentecost. Let's worship. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? 
To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. Bye.